This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey, friends, this is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to The Courage Cast. I'm so glad you're with me. Today starts a three-part series conversation with Coach Michael Burt. He's full of energy. He's full of enthusiasm. And if you don't want to take hold of the dreams that God's given you after listening to these three episodes, I don't know what will. Without further ado, here is the first part of my conversation with Michael Burt. Well, I am excited to have Coach Michael Burt on the Courage Cast with me. Coach Burt, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you, man. Oh, so glad. Now, you are in uh, Murfreesboro. Uh, where are you? You have an, uh, You have a, the name of your building. What is that called or your office? Yeah, yeah, I created a place called the Greatness Factory. And the subset of that is we manufacture greatness. And the concept is that when a person makes a decision – to become great in their life. Most people have to go to a conference thousands of miles away, spend thousands of dollars. My vision is a local place where you can go that helps you in the body, in the mind, in the heart, and in the spirit. I love that. I love that. I could tell right away when Leela Grace, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, recommended I talk to you. Uh, the way it worked, actually, is I said, who do you know that I should know? And you were the first person that came to mind. That's good. That's a, that's a high, very high compliment. Yeah. So, uh, Coach Burt, you are you are actually a coach. Tell us a little bit about your background as a coach and how you got. Well, into I this. found my I found my voice very early in life through a conversation of another mentor leader in my life that 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 said, you know, you you need to be a coach. You know, this is this is your talent, and you're you're good at this. So, at 15 years old, I knew I was supposed to be coaching. I've really spent the last 25 years of my life. And that's all I all I've done. I spent the first twelve to thirteen as actually a, a women's basketball coach, and started winning games and having success and building our own little greatness factory there and inner engineering people to win. And uh, from that, started writing books. The, the books led me into speaking all over the country. The speaking led companies asked me to coach their people. So at thirty one years old. I retired from athletic coaching to build a full-time coaching business. And so now we speak, we coach, we train, and we lead all over the country. So the greatness factory, what is the difference between greatness and excellence? And is there a difference? I think there's a difference. I think I think we were hardwired for greatness. I think God planned you for greatness in your mother's womb. I think that, you know, I think when I, when I think about Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, if you ever had a person argue with you about what you were thinking, I, I can see that conversation going, you don't know what I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans mm-hmm. for you to go out there and expand in the world. And I think people were made for greatness. Now, at some point in their life, that may have been discouraged in them, suppressed in them through either environmental factors, psychological, sociological factors early in their upbringing. So their confidence is low. They've got a lot of fear. They're living in scarcity and they really Really don't achieve that. So I wanted a place in a local community that when a person said, look, I want greatness, mm-hmm. that they can come and and and, man, and I re- believe we can enter engineer and help people find that greatness, package that greatness and even share that greatness with the world. OK, now I know we only have 20 minutes or so to talk, but let's say I, I come to you and I say, 
Coach Bert, I am struggling. I know that I can do more. I know I can be more. I know I, I know I want to have more uh, in my life. And and I see other people succeeding. I'm just not. How can you help me? And what what would be some things that you would help me with? Well, I think a good coach will find and fill your missing structures. And when I look at a person, I look at everything from a whole person perspective. I look at the body. I look at the mind. I look at the heart and I look at the spirit. That manifests itself in four dimensions, knowledge for the mind, skill for the body, desire for the heart, and confidence for the spirit. And so you can typically, a good coach can diagnose, this is where your missing structures are. Some people like knowledge, some people like skill, some people like desire, some people like confidence or faith to take action. And so some people need personal growth coaching. Mm. That's one reason I wrote the book, This Ain't No Practice Life, which are seven core decisions I think every person needs to make to step into their greatness. Some people need business coaching, which is why I wrote Person of Interest or Zebras and Cheetahs. Mm. Now, the new book, Everybody Needs a Coach in Life, it's coming out in March, is a, is a cross between a personal growth and a business book. And it's really geared to become your coach. Mm. And uh, so when a person comes to me and says, I want more, it's typically because they have not found their talents or discovered their gifting. Mm. They don't know how to distribute their gifts to the world, right? Or they've had some level of success and potentially they're bored or they're, they're disengaged with what they're doing and they need some direction or coaching from another person. Uh, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Mm-hmm. And so a good coach can say, you know, you've got three missing structures. And if we just feel these missing structures, it could be confidence, which is what it is for lots of people. Mm-hmm. So let's say it is confidence. Let's say confidence is that person's issue. How do you work with somebody to raise their level of confidence? Well, confidence is the memory of success. It's an internal knowing that you can create or manifest something. And it's typically directly tied to your faith. If you're low on faith, you're low on confidence. Mm. If you're low on skill, you're low on confidence. If you're low on knowledge, you're... So what I do is I go back to that whole person and I say, okay, let's skill you up because the more skill you got, the more confident you're going to become. Mm-hmm. Okay, I typically go to work on the body. If people come to me and say, I've got a confidence problem. The very first thing I say is you need a personal trainer. Because the better you feel about your body, the more confident you're going to be. You know, if your skills are higher, the more confident you're going to be. If your effort is there, you're going to be more confident. If you're in a strong environment that's affirming and validating your worth and potential versus an environment that's sucking the life out of you, you're going to be more confident. So I've broken confidence down to a science. It can be your greatest asset. It can be your greatest liability. You know, and and I think from a biblical perspective, when you start seeing, you know, God made us to take dominion over our land, to expand, to multiply, to grow, to live in abundance versus scarcity. I I begin to think, you know, we're not hardwired to live in fear, to live in scarcity. This is nothing but the devil's devices telling us we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're weak. We're we're a we're a product of our past. And we have to overcome that. We come that through our faith and through in our daily interactions uh, and through our through our daily reading of the Bible, getting in the word and knowing what it is we're put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. What about that person that, uh, that struggles, that, that has just uh, an overall sense of hopelessness, uh, that they're, they're just, they just beat themselves up about um, things they've done wrong in their past, and they've just got this, this long history of making mistakes, and all they can dwell on is all the mistakes that they've made, and, and that's what's keeping them down. How do you pick somebody? Like, I'm, I'm asking because I lead teams. I lead teams in our doTERRA business, and I encounter that very often. I see people that just struggle with that. It's either a taste of hopelessness, or sometimes it's just out and out, like a barrage of 
of that sense of, oh, I just can't do it. I don't, I don't believe I can do it. I, I, I've always failed in the past. What makes this any different? What do you say to somebody like that? Well, I did a podcast once called Don't Live in Isolation. When we live in isolation, we listen to the past. We live in the past. We're low on confidence. I think we need accountability in our lives because here's the vicious cycle that we go through. We start with good intention. These folks typically start with good intention. I want to be in. I want to be engaged. But the resilience factor is so low because of the past. No affirmation. No no person feeding into their life. So they start with good intention. They typically fall off the wagon for a number of variables, low confidence, no environment, no coach in their life, no accountability, living in isolation. Mm. And then they feel guilty about it. And this vicious cycle repeats until a person walks into their life and says, I'm not going to let you quit. You are good enough. You can do this. I do believe in you. And that's the power of a good coach in your life. I had a player once named Moshita Pettis that quit, that tried to quit on me at least, I would say, 20 times. <laughs> she would take her jersey off. She'd get real upset with me, and she would take her jersey off, and she wore a shirt underneath it, and she would throw her jersey at me. And she would walk off and said, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this. I'm quitting. And I would say, Mo, you know I'm not going to let you quit. Mm. Other people may have let you quit in your life. And that's the only thing that's ever happened is when you push to a place of discomfort, you want to quit. But you've met a person that will not let you quit. You've met a person that will not let you be hopeless. You've met a person that will hold you accountable to your potential. Mm. Okay, And and four years later, we sent her to the University of Alabama at Huntsville to play on a four-year scholarship. She then went into coaching, right? And there's not a month or two months that goes by that she didn't call me and say, thank you for not letting me quit. Because mm. she had those feelings of hopelessness from her past, from mm. her scripting. And so that's where I think teams are so critical. That's why I think you are so critical in building your team and feeding into people. And sometimes you got to have a person in your life that won't let you quit, won't let you get helpless. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't tell you this uh, before we started recording, but we have a community that we've developed. It's about a thousand people called the Courageous Community. And in my eye, in my eye what you just described – is exactly what I want the community to be about. I want it to be the podcast being, you know, me, my voice speaking hope and courage into these, into my team. And then all the rest of us surrounding each other, locking arms and saying, no, we are not going to give in to the way it used to be. And uh, you've just, you've just provided a little pump up session for me about the team and about courageous community. Well, I'm thankful that I go to a church and have a pastor who pushes very hard on us being in small groups. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I, when I've coached pastors, we've gone through the simple church model, the blessed church model. And, you know, at the end of the day, a small group is a group of people that will hold you accountable, that, that, that there is an accountability partner there every week for you to share and become vulnerable and work through things together and believe in each other. And I'm thankful because I believe that every person should be involved in a local body of believers. I don't think faith is something that was meant to be done in an isolated state. Yeah. And I can tell you in my life when I have felt hopeless and helpless is always when I isolated myself from other people. That's when my worst decisions have been made. That's when I've always reverted back to old habits and new ways is when I was in a place of isolation versus an accountability group of people who would hold me accountable to my own potential. Mm, that's great. You're, I'm writing this down because what if our community broke up into smaller groups and we, we had regular calls together and we connected and we just held each other accountable to things that we said we were going to do? I mean, I think it could be life changing. 
for people. It, it, it could be. And, you know, you go back to, 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 to Weight Watchers. The original Weight Watchers concept worked because a group of ladies got together in an apartment and said, I can't do this on my own. Mm. Will, you, will you help me hold it accountable? Let's meet and let's talk about it. And, and when we do fall off the wagon, let's pick each other up and, and look at what it did. I mean, so I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, and think about in the Bible, the story, the power of four friends. Mm. Yeah, talk about that. And, and, I mean, I mean, think about that story of, I mean, I can imagine Jesus there doing healings. The place is packed, you know. And, and, and they say to this one person, we're taking you over there to be healed. And he may say, you know, I, I just can't do it. I, it's never going to work. Mm. And, uh, and those four friends taking that person and getting there and it being packed and them saying, uh-uh, we're going to find a way to get you in there. And climbing up on top of the building and cutting a hole in the building and dropping that paraplegic down, down in there so Jesus could see that person. And notice what he said. You're healed because of what? Because of faith. their faith. Mm-hmm. Because their of their faith. Oh, it, That's it's, exactly not, right. it's not your faith has healed you, but their faith. So, so when you think the paralytic, when, when that happened, mm. I mean, I just want you to think about that. So when I did the, the, the devotional, The Power of Four Friends, I said, I want four friends like that. Mm. Four friends that would pick me up and take me, and if they had to get me in to see Jesus, drop me down and cut a hole in the building. Now, that's the power of their faith, and you are healed because of their faith. That's the power of four good friends in your life. Wow. That is powerful. Well, that ends the first part of my conversation with Coach Michael Burt. Think about this, friends. If we got together in community and and talked and connected, even once a week, and encouraged one another, what kind of an impact would that make? Would that be something you're open to? Please share about this in the Courageous Community on Facebook, and I look forward to hearing your response. Well, that's it for today, friends. I'll be back again with part two of my conversation with Coach Michael Burt. But until then, make it a great day, everyone. I'll talk to you soon.